Family. It looks a little different for everyone. For some, it's mom and dad. For others, roommates who feel like family. And for others, it's your significant other, their golfing buddies, your children, a high school soccer team starting lineup, and oh look, they're all taking you up on the offer to stay for dinner. Really testing the limits of that phrase. The more the merrier. But no matter where you call home, GEICO makes it easy to bundle and save on home and car insurance. Easier than making three frozen pizzas and assorted frozen veggies into a cohesive meal. Donovan James, you just got the thickened nut out of your smooth, out of your mouth. Oh, spinach, man! I had some spinach. No, it was some kind of nut. No, shut up. (laughs) Kale. It was actually kale. We got it. We got a very special uh, guest. We have Sam Penix. Am I pronouncing your last name right? I'd ask you all those questions. I didn't even ask you if I pronounced your last name right. You are. You got it. Nailed it, dude. Nailed it. Sam Sam and I have been in touch the last couple months on Twitter. Sam's constantly putting out good stuff. If you aren't following him on Twitter, you should be. Uh, he is an active writer for Clutch Points with the first pick is where I, I see your draft takes, uh, and then Dog Pound Daily. So you got some good stuff, Sam, and I kind of wanted to dive into uh, your last couple articles. I was actually reading your mock draft uh, before we jumped on here, but before before we go in there, before we before we jump in, in, Donovan, did you have anything you wanted to say or anything you wanted to get get off your chest? I know last, last night we did your mock draft. Is there anything you want to – Ask Sam right off the get-go before we dive into some stuff he's written. Uh, yeah, I'll ask him a couple of things. By the way, yeah, you guys did a great job last night. Josh Keeley, Bill Carroll, Chris Ransom, and Eric Robinson. Um, everybody that from from, from SUS, Union Sports, that was involved. I appreciate it. Thank you. But uh, well, well, tell to at, so tell Sam who I, I drafted to see what he thinks. He's, you know, he, well, let, we'll ask another Browns writer okay. his opinion. Yeah, Sam, so thank, thank you for coming on the show. We appreciate it. Yeah, I did a, a mock draft first round with a bunch of guys uh, from the website yesterday. And it went, well, excuse me, went really well. Um, Josh stayed put at 26 with Cleveland, and he drafted Jeremiah Uwasu. Uwasu Karamara. Karamara, okay, yeah. So he Outside drafted a linebacker, linebacker, which is uh, you kind of mentioned on the podcast that was an unpopular opinion amongst Browns fans. Um, so I kind of wanted to – if that were to happen, uh, do you think that would be a good pick, Sam? All right, so – Oh, he oh, he started out with all right. That means it's going to get hot. He's going to be dropping some takes. All right. So I do not value the linebacker position highly whatsoever. You okay. don't either? Okay, fair. So the goal with, with the Browns defense that they run, the, the scheme that Joe Woods runs, is to run a dime base. Okay, So you want to have one linebacker on the field most of the play, right? Maybe two sometimes, depending. So you want to run with six DBs, and that means, obviously, that the linebacker position is marginalized. So I know mm-hmm. they took Jacob Phillips last year in the third round. That's about as high you know, as, as much capital as I'd sink into the position, honestly. So I, you know, it depends on like what you necessarily classify Jock as because he's not really a typical you know, linebacker, right? He plays safety. He's out there in the slot covering receivers. Mm -hmm. So he's more of a rover, which is kind of like a box safety type player. And I'm fine with, like, the Browns definitely need one of those guys, right? They need someone who lines up at the box, can provide support against the run, but who's also capable in coverage. And I think that he's definitely the type of player that can make a big impact on the team. So obviously, you know, I would prefer a corner there. That's my... That's my preference in the first round, a cornerback. But I definitely think if you can get past just you know the, the stigma of the linebacker position, he's not necessarily a true linebacker, and I think he he can offer much more than the, that the Browns. So I'm okay. okay with that pick. That was right, such so an okay, eloquent. Josh. That was such yeah. an eloquent way of saying. And I did Donovan. Did I not say all of that last night? You did. Um, and but I think what it sounds like from you saying, Sam. Don't want a linebacker, but if you were going to pick a linebacker in that area, it would be somebody like him at least because um, he can do a lot of different things. I know in our mock draft, Zayvon Collins was picked um, right ahead 
he was at 24 to Pittsburgh, uh, Cleveland's rival. So Bill took him. So, I mean, yeah, you did say that, though. So to, a couple spots ahead of you, Xavier was picked, and you ch- chose Jeremiah. But, yeah, I mean, cor- there were still corners on the board, too. I mean, there was uh, Stokes got picked late in that mock draft we did, and uh, Tyson Campbell's on the board, guys like that. But Let's talk about a little bit more about the devaluing of the linebacker position, Sam, because I know you're very active on Browns Twitter, as, as am I, or I try to be. Um, I, I, I dabble when I'm taking a dump. You know, I scroll around. <laughs> but uh, I, I, you see that tweet out a lot, don't draft linebacker, don't draft linebacker. But when you look at guys like Jeremiah, and, and Zayvon Collins, and these are all on the opposite end of the spectrum. But Jeremiah, I view him a little bit more like uh, he's not Jamal Adams. He's more of a linebacker than Jamal Adams, and he's less of a safety. But he is more of a chess piece. So if you take away that linebacker label, I think that he becomes a more attractive prospect, which is what you were saying, uh, more or less. But with, with Zayvon, I saw a lot of heat with the Zayvon Collins. I can't remember who who mocked him. I think it was Ryan Wilson from CBS Sports. But he, he mocked Zayvon Collins to the Browns in – Everybody in Twitter was up in arms about the Browns drafting outside linebacker. So I wanted to get your take on him. Um, you know, Zayvon Collins, 6'4", 260. I, I view him the same way as I view Jeremiah. He's not a true outside linebacker. He's a guy that was out man-to-man slot against running backs against Tulane. He was a guy who had three sacks against Oklahoma State as a pass rusher. He checks a lot of boxes for me as a guy that would be a very, very good compliment to Miles Garrett. As an edge rusher, just don't view him as a linebacker. He's another chess piece. But what do you think about Saban Collins? Yeah, he's a really interesting player because, you know, from a physical standpoint, he's like the prototype, right? He's he's big. He's just incredibly athletic. Oh, yeah. He moves around the field, does all these different things. And I don't know, you wonder, like, is there an area where you can – you can see him just excelling in the NFL, right? And it's kind of like, you know, he does a lot of things, you know, jack of all trades, master of none, I think is is how a lot of people see him. And if you're drafting him, you're drafting him based on, I think he can be this in the NFL. I think he can take advantage of his, his physical gifts and end up adding more skill to his game and end up being, you know, this this chess piece that you move around the line of scrimmage, you know, six yards or closer, and he does a lot of different things for you. So I think if you're drafting him, especially if you're drafting him in the first round, you have to have a designated position and a role for him, right? Which that is something that the the Cardinals with Isaiah Simmons last year, they didn't have that early in the year, right? He was playing like 10, 12 snaps a game. That's ridiculous for the eighth overall pick. Mm-hmm. So. <clears throat> Obviously, Collins isn't going to go, go that high, and he's not. He wasn't the the special collegiate player that Simmons was, but I think any team that's legitimately considering him has to have a clear role for him in the next level. Whether that's putting him at edge and sending him after the quarterback every play or most plays, or trying to convert him into that rover type player who's who's more positionless. So. I wouldn't feel comfortable making that pick uh, for the Browns that high, but I think there's there's at least a, a path to ra- sort of rationalizing it, right? I think that that's again that's a very eloquent way of placing it. And uh, full transparency, even if Zayvon Collins was on the board yesterday in our, our, our hypothetical, I was still going to take Jeremiah because I think yeah. the Browns need I more think. help and coverage. Yep. Um, but again, you know, I, I'm not going to shit my pants if Zayvon Collins gets drafted to the Browns. I think that I think it is like you said, that's a big issue. Donovan, I talked about that last year too on his podcast, where big issues you see with these tweener defensive players, um, a lot like Hassan Reddick with the Cardinals. You know, the reason you they waited so long to see what he could do is because they didn't know what to do with him. He yep. takes a very creative defense corner. I got all the faith in Joe Woods to figure that out. But with that said, it's still a question mark. So I I, I do like that. I do like your transparency. You did Donovan, did you have any other questions before I dive into some of Sam's work? No, you're good. You're good. Um, you did have a, a recent article that I kind of wanted to talk about where you – and we mentioned this on Donovan's podcast last night – that you were kind of hinting at the fact that the Saints – and a lot of people are. You're, you're not the only one – that the Saints are going to have a fire sale. So you listed the top five eligible trade targets for the New Orleans Saints for the Cleveland Browns. And I loved the article Four of the five players. I was thinking, wow, I, I would be okay with that. I would be okay with the package that they, 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 they would put together. Your number one target was Marshawn Lattimore. Number two was Trey Quan Smith. Then you had uh, David Onyemata. I, I don't know if I was so cool, 
I kind of I don't want to say I disagree with that. I feel like there there is a lot of talent in the draft that I feel like you could get later rather than I'm in my perfect world. I had the Browns extending Sheldon Richardson, but I know that that's probably a hail mary. Uh, then you had Marcus Davenport and uh, Chauncey Garner Johnson, and I, I I love all of that. Wh- which one of these guys do you think is the most realistic, and what kind of package do they need to put together to get one of those guys? I'm going to say it's Animata. Really? Yes. And here's why. So defensive tackle this year, it's it's a need for the Browns, right? They it, true, it really is. Probably, it is. probably going to lose Ogunjobi. Yes. They're going to want too much on the open market for the player he is. They're hopefully getting Billings back, which is going to be a huge boost, I think. Yeah, pretty huge. Is, has, there, has there been indications that he's not coming back? Because I, I've everything I've heard that he's, he's coming back, right? Well, I mean, with the pandemic still going on, I mean, like if if it's still like this next year, then right, okay, you, you got to keep that option open, right? So, right, you scared me a little bit. You said it yeah. with some sadness in your voice. <laughs> I don't, don't have any inside inside sources on that one. So let's assume, <laughs> let's assume he's coming back. All right, you've got Jordan Elliott, who I think is going to be a heck of a player. Can be. Uh, and then you've got Richardson here, who he's making. He's set to make thirteen six. 13.6 million against the cap, which is yeah. extremely expensive for the player that he is. I think he has a lot of value to the Browns. I think they would like to keep him both, you know, for his on-field contributions and who he is in the locker room. But they've got to find a way to get that cap hit down and probably like cut it in half, right? Yeah. So let's hope they can do that. But even if they can, I still think they need another defensive tackle to rotate in there because Woods was was going, you know rotating both of them out so he, he'd have you know drive to drive you'd have a different dt set up there which i really like because it keeps those guys fresh and he, he was doing that at edge early in the year before everybody started getting hurt so yes ideally you want to be yeah. four deep at both of those positions so on your ideally he's what is he 28 or 29 he's on a pretty good contract and he was ridiculously productive this year uh, from a pass rushing standpoint, and he's also really good against the run. So I think if you you put him at three tech, his natural position, uh, and rotate him with Richardson at three tech, and you have Billings handling the one, I think you've got a really good four deep DT rotation there. And based, you know, given how how terrible the Saints cap situation is, they can't really afford to be choosers uh, in terms of who they keep because they can't keep anyone long-term at this point, right? So if they can get, you know, a fifth, sixth for him, I think that's that's a deal that the Browns should make because the options for replacing a Richardson this offseason in free agency and in the draft, they're very limited. So if you can take advantage of a, of a terrible situation there and, and land a, a starting caliber player on the trade market for a late-round pick, I think you definitely do that. Okay, and if they can get him for a fifth rounder, even a fifth and sixth rounder, I agree with you. I think he is worth it. Uh, what it, I'm not, we, we, it's funny. We Don and I talk about how I'm not, a, I'm not a cap savvy individual. What is the, what would be the cap stranglehold Animada would have on the Browns? I believe it's somewhere in the five to seven million range, which so isn't, we'll cut. Which isn't too bad. It, it's no. you know, significantly less than Richardson, and then he's yeah. a player than Richardson is right now so absolutely I, I do disagree with the fact that there's not talent in the draft though I, I get what you're saying Anyamata is more of your total package um you, you for instance in your most recent mock draft you had Tonga uh Kiris Tonga the defense tackle from BYU being selected in the fourth round is he a t- total pack is he Anyamata no but he does a couple things really well and I'm expecting Elliot to take another step now is that Granted, there's a lot has to go right for my situation to be accurate. You're tr- trading for a guy like Animata does make more sense. Uh, after all, he is a grown ass Manitoba. I uh, no one no one loves that joke. I love that joke. He's from Canada, Donovan. Did you know that yeah, he's from I'm, he's from Manitoba? Yeah. That's why yeah. it's funny. Yeah, I knew whatever. that. Whatever, dude. <laughs> whatever. Man. I, 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 I laughed. I thought Sam was still talking. I didn't want to laugh over him. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you fucking liar. Um, yeah, so. <laughs> so uh what so what what do you think obviously marshawn Lattimore is the one that kind of gets my groins tingling do you think that that's realistic or do you just kind of throw that in there i think a trade is realistic 
Uh, for the Browns, probably. God. It would be beautiful, though, wouldn't it? It would. You, I mean, man. That would be a dream situation. Two Buckeyes there on the outside. Wow, that'd be great. <laughs> yeah. okay. He's going to be really expensive, right? Oh he's yeah, going to make like ten million this year, which is which is a steal for his level of play. But yeah, his next contract is going to be massive, and you know you're going to have to pay Ward. You're going to have some guys. You got to extend Harrison. You have to add yeah. some more talent in the secondary around those guys, and then the draft compensation obviously is going to be massive. So I yeah. think the Browns would obviously inquire, and they'd probably make an offer, but there's going to be a bidding war for him. And I think they would, uh, their package would get beaten out pretty quickly. I, I, I agree with that. Um, what about, we, you, you also mentioned Trey Quant Smith in the article. I love that. We, I think that everybody has mentioned that the Browns do need a different, they have this conglomerate of wide receivers that kind of all do the same thing other than OBJ. OBJ is special. I love OBJ, but right. you know, let's take in consideration <laughs> The OBJ was on the field. The last time we saw the Browns, they had a, a club of wide receivers that all did the exact same thing. Yes. So they need some speed on the outside. They need a, a guy that fits more than number one bowl. I love Trey Quan Smith. I love them coming out of UCF. Uh, my eyes lit up when I, when I saw him on your report. I think that that is actually somewhat realistic. Maybe not for the Browns, but I think it's a realistic trade that the Saints would make. Do you think that that – am I overreacting? Is, do you think Trey Quan Smith could be an impact guy? I think he could definitely play a role here, and I don't think he would cost too much to get either because this is the last year of his deal, and the Saints aren't going to keep him around. So getting any draft compensation for him would be a plus for them. So, I mean, he's he's not a burner, but he wins down the field, and he's exactly provides you some size that isn't present elsewhere in the receiving core right now. Exactly. So I think, you know, if, if he's in an offense that gets him more touches down the field, because Drew Brees cannot throw the ball down the field, Baker Mayfield can. Uh, I think I think you could see, yeah, poor guy. I think you could see <laughs> an, an uptick in in Smith's efficiency, and I would be all for sending a sixth or a seventh, or whatever you know, day three. God, day. that's nothing. Take I would feel same page. Donovan, you look like you wanted to say something. No, you're good. I'm just listening to Sam. He's great, man. Got to have him. No, I'm good. I, no, I, I, I like. I was going to say, I'm going to be lied to, guys. Come on. No, Trey Collins, that would be a good fit for them. No, I like that actually a lot. I think when he's 6'3, like 214, 215, he's a big target downfield for them. And like we've been talking about that so much on the podcast, Josh, like OBJ and him being out. But like, you know, I like Higgins a lot. Uh, I like Landry too. They kind of do the same thing. I, I'm just enamored with the tight ends by uh, Cleveland. That's my favorite thing. But at the end of the day, like you, you made a really good point. I think it was last week with Molly and uh, Mac. You were talking about how like the tight ends are great, but like I mean, at the end of the day, like your tight ends, they don't kind of do the same thing. At the end of the day, I mean, and now and Joku obviously can go get it um, in a different way, a little bit hooping, hooping. Uh, uh, Bryant kind of similar, I feel like, but Njoku's athletic as hell, but I mean, he's also very, very injury prone, but you definitely need that big target downfield. I think that'd be nice to, to have on the offense. Yeah, and, and that, that's all I meant when I, I said all the tight ends do the same thing. They all bring something unique to the table. Um, and what they do, you know, David Njoku, he's so good once he gets the ball in his hands and breaking tackles. You know, Austin Hooper's been very consistent. He was kind of had a down year compared to what my expectations were, but you saw him make some pretty eye-popping catches, and Harrison Bryant's going to be a good H-back level, Chris Cooley type tight end. Um, but again, you know, the Browns need someone that can go take, that can make people scared down deep. And I think that that's what Traquan Smith brings to the table. And I think that that's what Sam, you were kind of trying to say as well, right? We have a bunch of wide receivers that are really good at work in the middle, but Donovan Peoples Jones has really been the only threat deep since yep. OBJ's injury. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. And that, and you, and you can win a lot of games without, a, without an outside threat. I mean, you know what I mean? But it's just not, it's not, it's not ideal. I mean, you know what I mean? I feel like the Patriots made a living off of dumping it. As we saw against the Chiefs, you know, that the absence of a deep threat on the outside was yes. devastating. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. You can win a lot of games without it, but if you really want to reach that next level, and if you have a quarterback like Baker Mayfield that can hit that long ball with the accuracy that he can, you're you're missing out. You're not using him to his full potential. Um, 
Another guy you mentioned was Marcus Davenport. I, I, I think Marcus Davenport would be an absolute get. He's still young. I think he's like 24 years old. We talked a little bit on Donald's podcast yesterday where he's kind of been uh, – he has – I don't want to call him a bust, but he has not met expectations. But he's still very young. I think he's still very raw. You know, at UTSA, he really didn't have to do much to win the battles that he was he was getting. Uh, I believe back when he was playing at UTSA, they were still in the Sun Belt, and he was just kind of working guys with his pure athleticism. So I think that there's still something there. And you're not asking him to be the number one rusher. You're asking him to be – to you know, be on the opposite end of, uh, of miles Garrett. And I think that he could really thrive there. Uh, what, what, what do you think? Was that someone that you think could also come in and be a difference maker? Or is that just someone you think that the Browns could get on the cheap? Yeah. I mean, I think depending on the price, it'd be a really good addition because he's been a, he's been a solid player to this point. And, it, you know, he came in extremely raw, like you said. Yes. So it was always going to take time for him to, to figure things out at the next level. And, I mean, for what the Saints decided to give up for him, you know, that, that trade up thinking he was, you know, the final piece of that puzzle. Which was uh, silly. I I think they were always going to be disappointed there, but Well, you know, I remember when I remember when they made the trade up in Donovan, like, I think that we actually talked about this on your podcast too, where I I don't think the trade up was bad. But it was bad for the Saints because at the time it was like, okay, we need the, we need this extra bump. And we all kind of looked at that like, ooh. You're not going to get that bump there. That's a, you know what I mean? Like, you're, that's going to take three years. It's kind of like when the Browns drafted Deshaun Kaiser in the second round. That was yeah. a steal. And I stand by that. 100% that was a steal. But when you play him on the first game to take the first snap, that completely de- de- derails the initial plan. You're going to be disappointed. So I think that kind of, that's kind of what happened with Marcus Davenport. Yeah. Um, Another guy you mentioned was Chauncey Gardner, uh, Chauncey Gardner Johnson, who, who I also love. I was a big fan coming out of Florida. Kind of surprised you dropped to the fourth round. I was shocked. I was a little shocked to see him on your list because I can't. Again, I'm not super cap savvy, but I can't imagine that his contract is that big. Um, so I, I don't really know if they'd be raring to get rid of him. But what was your thought process behind adding him to the list? Yeah. So the only reason guys like him would be on the list. Uh, would be in the situation where the Saints decided to do the smart thing and just blow it all up and rebuild, right? Because they're not contending with Taysom Hill at quarterback. So in that case, you know, they're a hundred million over the cap the salary cap right now. They've they've got to basically jettison all the large contracts that they have. So the smart thing in my opinion would be to just trade pretty much everybody that they can, get as much draft capital as possible, and you know go full in on the rebuild instead of trying to tread water with a guy like Hill at quarterback, because with, with the amount of talent that they're going to by necessity lose this off season, guys like, you know, probably Lattimore, uh, Trey Hendrickson, uh, a, a good deal of that defense, you know, you're, you're not going to be the same level of team that you have been over the past few years. And you don't have your, your hall of fame quarterback anymore. So that's what Man. I would do in their situation, but I, I, they probably won't, won't go that way. I, I, don't, I don't think, I don't think you're wrong. I think a lot of the things you're saying are making sense, and and I might be biased towards the Saints, as Donovan knows, but uh, I, I just, I don't think that their window is necessarily. I don't. First of all, I don't think their window is closing. Second of all, I don't think that they view it that way either. I mean, Drew Brees was out half the year, and they still won the division. Um, you know, I, 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 yeah. I don't know. If, I don't know. I don't think Taysom Hill is the guy. I agree with you there, but I don't know if they're locked into Taysom Hill, and I don't know what their thought prop. And I don't think he's so terrible that they can't continue to squeak in the playoffs. Is that what you want to do? Does that make you a contender? No, but in their minds, I think it does make them a contender. I think. I think it makes them think that they are. I don't think that they're ready to, to just scrap everything. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Don, what do you think? You're fairly, fairly familiar with you know the comings and goings of the NFC South. Yeah, um, I think they're a contender just because. I mean, obviously, it, Tampa Bay's in the Super Bowl. It depends what Tom does now. I mean, I, I don't. I, even if Tom was the Super Bowl, I think he'd come back for another year, which I know people are going to hate. <laughs> I mean, even with um, Tom Brady in the fold, the Saints still beat them twice. Yeah, that, that, that's Saints, true. They, they still not, won the division. Yeah, their their team's not like like Sam said, not going to be the same though. Um, so I don't think they're going to be like a 13-3 high-level 1-2 one, two, one, two seed anymore. They'll be around where Tampa is, maybe a 10-6, and 11-5 team. 
Um, you got Atlanta kind of in the middle of like their rebuild ish thing with their that's Stata. a team who's that's yeah a team who's they're 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 kind of weird right now with yeah. what they got going on. They're kind of like purgatory, I feel like. And then obviously, you know, you got Panthers that are also in purgatory. They're in a weird spot. Um, so the division's up for grabs still for the Saints. I mean, they're still you know one of the best teams in the division just because like a couple of those teams are in purgatory, but they're all probably about in purgatory because once Tom leaves, like they've got a bunch of one year contracts on Tampa too. So like. That's a team that's not maybe going to have – they have more structure than most, but I do like Taysom. Um, I don't know if he's, like, the long-term answer necessarily, but I think short-term, I, short, uh, short I do think he is the answer. So I would ride with him for now. But, I mean, Sam's right as far as – you're going to lose a lot of players for sure um, on that team, and you have to – I think Peyton stays with uh, Taysom and Jameis combo. But, I mean, there's – it depends. You know, last night on my draft, Mac Jones dropped a little bit, and he fell to him, and then that – if that's, you know, realistic – That'd be a different option think, for them or, or Trey Lance. The Saints are a, a situation where a guy like Jones could could do a lot of damage. Because, yeah, because you know he. I think in the NFL, he's going to have to be on a team that has a good situation around him, to where he's just you know basically. I don't want to say managing the game, but you know facilitating right where he's it, the game isn't being placed on his shoulders to win, but. Instead, he just has to get the ball to his playmakers, you know, downfield passes and making the accurate throw. And I think he's entirely capable of of doing that in an offense like New Orleans. Yeah, I agree. You know, he's he's doing a really good job at the senior bowl today, um, from what I've heard. I text a couple of people down there, and uh, like we had on our podcast too last night, and uh, they're impressed. Um, by him, what he's and he just you know mentally IQ. I mean, I've followed that kid since Bulls in Jacksonville High School, covering him, and he's always been one of the smartest kids I've been around. Um, he just kind of has that it factor for sure. But you know, you want he reminds me of Kirk Cousins, I'd say. Um, that's kind of it's, it's a glowing review. <laughs> no, I mean, I, I like Kirk though. I think Kurt's kind of get a bad rap because of his contract. Like, if Kurt would, didn't have that big contract, people wouldn't trash him so much. But I mean, he's the tenth highest paid athlete in the uh, in the world. So yeah, obviously he's not the tenth best athlete in the world. Uh, but if you, is if he a top? Can, is he a top fifteen quarterback? Yeah, like I'm not draft. If you say, "Hey, this guy's going to be Kirk Cousins," I'm not taking him in the first round. If I, it, it would make it would if that if that was the situation, I would almost be like, if I'm the Saints and my window's closing, I would almost take all of my chips, put them in the middle of the table, and trade the franchise up to get like Justin Fields, a spark plug. I think he has a higher ceiling than Kirk Cousins, though. I think that's like my that's fair. My yeah, like Kirk Cousins is. You know, just had coming off of really his best season, you know, with Jefferson and Dalvin Cook, and he has a lot of talent around him. That's all I meant. I meant, like, you know, he can come in and step in and do do work, I feel like. Um, right Roy now, Mack- he's one of the kind of ready quarterbacks. Now, he doesn't have as many starts as some of the other guys, but no. – um, Like Trevor but and Justin, but, you know, because he's only – he started 14 games this year, I believe, or 13 or whatever, and then he had a couple last year when Tua got went down, but – you know, it's a lot of reps, you know, he's had in practice and everything with two of his injuries. So I think he's ready. That would be a good spot for the Saints, though. I mean, you got to think Sean Payne's also really good with offenses and schemes. So it's going to make Mac look a little bit better <laughs> than he might actually be early on. So that would be a good spot for him. Roy, apparently we struck a chord with some of the listeners because Roy McAvoy just commented, A-Rod down to Louisiana. No. Well, actually, no. that would be no shit, though. Not going to but moving on, let's stop, <laughs> let's stop talking about the Saints on the Browns Wire podcast, damn it. Let's go. Let's start. Let's talk about the draft a little bit. Donovan, I know you were talking about the Senior Bowl. I don't know if you read Sam's most recent piece. I know you didn't because you're selfish. You didn't prep. <laughs> I did. Sam wrote a recent piece uh, for with the first pick where he did a full seven round Browns mock draft. I want to talk to about a little bit because there were some picks I a hundred percent agreed with you. And some picks where I was like, well, but mock drafts are so weird too, because you don't know what that person is looking at. Right. Maybe I'm staring at something. I'm going, why didn't you take this guy? But that guy could have been off the board. Uh, but Sam, if you don't mind, can we, can we talk about your, your mock draft a little bit? Yeah, let's do it. Okay. So your first round pick was uh Etu Melon Fonwu. I, I know I butchered his name. I butchered his. That's I, pretty good. I, I wish his. I wish he had a name like his brother Obi. Just Obi. Yeah. If Bill was here, he would have got it right. Yeah, I know he would have. Oh, his brother is Obi Melifonwu, uh, who was the second round safety from uh, University of Connecticut that went to the Oakland Raiders and uh, didn't do anything. Uh, but uh, so what? What's going on? He's got this, this, Melifonwu's got got a lot of hype. I, I I don't hate him. 
I don't dislike him. I think he's got good tape. Um, Andre Cisco is obviously the guy that you always kind of takes your eyes away in the Syracuse defensive backfield. Um, but tell me, tell me why you think he's the guy. Yeah. As I, as I said before, uh, corner is my preference in the first round because the Browns have Ward and nothing else there. So I'm, oh, I'm, I'm think... assuming Greedy Williams. I think you just have to view him as a lost cause at this point. Really hoping he can come Full back, heart. but I think he, I think not, not as a player, but as just just health wise, right? It's, right. No, I don't. I don't think anybody disagrees with the position. Yeah. So yeah, Melifon, he's he's big. So obviously you, you want that size at corner because Ward tends to struggle against some of the bigger guys, which is understandable because you know he's he's small and frail. So, <laughs> being a little harsh, Greedy Williams, he's dead. He means my he's dead, and Denzel Ward is a tiny little baby boy. <laughs> All right. Quote Greg Williams. Okay, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> so, Williams would not Williams. Melifonwa would give you the size in that secondary that really the Browns haven't had in quite a while, and even at his size, he's he's really fluid. Which you know is is rare for those those kinds of physical profiles. Yes, he's he's really good in in man coverage. I think is is his strong suit, and he's he's good at mirroring and, and staying in phase with defensive backs. And he has really good closing speed, which also is, is not the most common thing in the larger corners. So I think he's probably not going to be the all around stud that many people would you know assume that. A first round corner should be. He's not going to be as fast as a guy like Stokes, but I think he's all around solid, and that's what the Browns need. Opposite of Ward, is someone who you know isn't going to be somebody that the other team can straight up pick on, right? That's a good compliment. They're not just going to, yeah. Like if he's if he's someone that the other team has to say, okay, he's not the guy we want to we want to pick on. We don't want to go after him. It's going to be somebody else. Then I think you've done your job. And he's he's still young, so he's he's got potential. He's obviously not a finished product right now, but I think he's somebody who can come in right away day one and start opposite Ward, be a good player, and develop into a much better one down the road. I, I do. I think that that's a very solid take. Uh, let me, can I ask you a couple questions about how this mock draft lined up? In this situation, was Caleb Farley from Virginia Tech still on the board? No. No. Okay. Do you have Caleb Farley ranked ahead of Nolan Fonwu? Probably, yeah. Okay. I'm not as big of a fan as Farley as other people are, but really, you definitely see, like, physically, you know, he's – Everything you want in a number one, and quarter. he's a big boy too, six two, so, two oh seven. Yeah, Phys- plays like him too. Physical standpoint, you know, he's. I think that's that's good enough to get him ranked ahead. So, I would obviously take him if he's falling all the way to twenty six, but I don't see any way that happens. Donovan, do you have Farley over Malafonwu, or are you- yes, I do. Yeah. Okay, yeah. Uh, can I? I, I, I yeah, he's my number two corner. Um, I think. <laughs> No, or, yeah, yeah, he's two. He's two. He's probably three for me. I really like J.C. Horn. I, that's why. That's why I stuttered because I was going to say J.C. Horn. I like three. Really yeah, yeah. I mean, Sertain's by far my best corner. Yeah, but, I mean, it's like not even close to me. But yeah, I mean, probably. I, yeah. I think that you can make a, probably a solid argument for for a couple of those guys at the top. You know, Sam makes a good argument in regard to the Browns already have a lockdown guy in Denzel Ward. You know, he he does struggle against guys. I'm not going to say as harshly as he did, but <laughs> I think you could see that that's one of his weak weaknesses. So uh, maybe if you are looking for someone to to shut down the size, you might rank one of those bigger guys like Caleb Farley ahead of uh, you. Maybe you could. I think you could make an argument over Sertain or whatnot. So the, the needs kind of depend there. So I agree with that. Now, if the Browns don't get a corner in the first round, there are a couple guys that. I've been watching recently. My board is not finished, nowhere near finished. I actually don't even have a board. I just have some names I've written down <laughs> because I'm trying to die, I'm trying to get into it. Um, now is where I really start to start, start to scratch the surface. Uh, but one guy, and I was kind of upset because I saw Mel Kiper actually mocked him to the Browns in the first round, his most recent. But I don't know if I view him 
as a first rounder, I thought the Browns might be able to get him in the second was Aaron Robinson, six foot, 193 pounds at a UCF. This is a guy who played nickelback for UCF. He played at Alabama as a freshman uh, before transferring to UCF. And he's pretty much been shut down ever since arriving at UCF. If that, a guy like that falls in the second round, do you think that that is a pretty nice, you know, prize or uh, would that be someone that you would think that the Browns would, would go for or, or fits the system more or less? Absolutely. I think he's definitely the type of guy that you, you consider in the first round even uh, just because of, of what he offers physically and because of his, his great play over the past few years at UCF. And uh, apparently he's doing really well at Senior Bowl too. So um, I did not know that. I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing how he plays in, in, the, in the game here in a few days. So he's you know, even if the Browns were to take a corner in the first round, I wouldn't rule out them taking another quarter in the second because of really? their, their huge need at that, at that position and, and how often uh, Joe Woods wants to run with three or four guys on the field at the same time. Yeah, you know what? That I – I think that you're right, and it's funny because the third guy I have on my list I want to talk about is also an Alabama transfer, and also he played on the outside for USF, but he did play in the slot. Donovan, you talked about him yesterday because he was on the same high school team as who? Um, Sertain, uh, and uh, who, who are you about to say? I forgot who K- they K- K.J. Sales. He's 5'11". Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. oh, yeah, K.J. Sales, Asante Samuel Jr., and right. um, Patrick Sertain II all That's played right. the same high school team. Yeah, and American sales, heritage. Yeah, and sales was also at Alabama and then transferred to USF, and he's been pretty much shut down. Does not have the size of those guys, but also is not someone I've in the first, and I haven't seen him be mocked in the second. Sam, is this a guy that you've uh, you touched on yet, or is somebody you're familiar with? I have not. I'll have to add him to the watch list here probably tomorrow. Yeah, let me. Let me let me know if I've overrated him. Like I said, you know, I'm just trying to find guys that are high, medium, low, and I think that that's you know maybe where, where they might be looking. Um, yeah, you mentioned lack of size, but I mean, if as long as they cover well, like you could be five eight, you could, you could be Elijah Molden, and I'll find a role for you, right? Because yeah, you can play. Yeah, you know, when you start to look at when you start to get out of the first round too, it's more important that you can get a guy that. It's not just about size. You want to make sure that there's a role for him, whether it's the, he can at least guard, get in the slot, go out there in the nickel, and then play special teams. Special teams is also a big deal. KJ Sales does play special teams. Uh, moving on to the second round, you had Tylen Wallace, dude. And this this pick, ooh, it made me tingly, my friend. Wide receiver at Oklahoma State, real burner, six foot 185. I mean, there were games where he absolutely just dominated. There was one game, because I bet on him. I Man, was it against Tulsa? I can't remember, but he, he got hurt. And then they started to suck, and then he came back and was like, "No, nah, I'm, I'm back in." He scored like three touchdowns. Donovan, do you remember that game? I don't. I don't. I'm sorry. I like Tylen Wallace though. He's absolutely he had, he was absolutely fit. He, the offense, the Oklahoma State offense, revolved more around Tylen Wallace than Chuba Hubbard. I'll I'll say it. I'll say it. That's a fact, dude. It, he was fantastic what he did. So Sam, I really I really like that pick. I think that's an awesome pick. Do you, I think that this is a guy that would. Maybe be, I mean, the number two. I mean, he's got a lot of talent. And if you pair him with OBJ, this got me excited. Aside from Devontae Smith, he is my favorite receiver in the class. I just, I Hard love argue. him. He's, he's so good. You say it, burner, I, I don't even, he's probably not going to run, you know, a 4-3, I wouldn't say. But he just wins downfield, right? He just gets open. It doesn't matter which corner he's he's facing. He just he creates separation downfield. Uh, he's he's been running really good routes uh, in senior bowl practice this week, which is really encouraging. Uh, it might, you know, good performance that way might knock him out of running for the Browns' second round pick, unfortunately. But if he's there, he's the guy I want, probably no matter what, because having a guy on the outside who wins vertically, he's got insane ball skills, really strong hands. He wins through contact, and I mean, having a threat there just to open up the the middle of the field for the tight ends and for yeah uh, your 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 Landrys, your Higgins, your other guys there. I think that's a a massive addition to the offense that's going to really take that group from really good this season to elite. And I I, I, I agree where, where they need to be. Like if you put Wallace on the Browns in that Chiefs game, they win that game. That's 
That's heavy, but I, it's hard to disagree. Wallace is special. Well, I mean, Wallace is special. And I, I apologize. I jumped the gun before we, before I ask you more about your wide receivers. Were there any other cornerbacks that I missed that you were kind of thinking, oh, this might be a good fit? Um, or someone that maybe we should watch a sleeper, maybe. If we're going to sleeper, you could say uh, Thomas Graham from Oregon. It's a good um, one. It's a good one. Also at the Senior Bowl, correct? He is there. Yes. Yeah, so he's he's not huge, but and he uh, he opted out this past season, so this is really the first tape we're getting of him in over a calendar year at this point. But I mean, he's fluid. He's 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 really sticky and feisty. I think he's he's the kind of competitor. I, it it's always I don't know, like you don't want to draft somebody because they're they're a competitor, right? All these guys are competitors, but the kind of mindset that he exudes on the field. And you know the, the the consistent effort that he gives in man coverage. I think that's that's the kind of guy you want in your secondary. And I could easily see him playing a, a big role for this team in yeah. in a rookie season. I think I like, that's I like that one. And oh. I just just to point out, I don't think everyone's a competitor. Matter of fact, Obi. His brother, Melon Fonwu's brother, was not a competitor. <laughs> that was one of his bigger issues. <laughs> Um, so let, let's jump back into the wide receivers. There was a couple guys that I saw, you know, I, I'm, I'm kind of going through my mind, like, okay, who else would be there? Who are some later round guys? A guy that I really like, and this might be my big 10 bias coming up, which is funny. Cause my neck, the three wide receivers I wrote down are all from the big 10. Wap Fillior out of Indiana, 5'11", 177. This is a guy that was just exciting with the ball in his hands. Could really, he could play on special teams. Um, he's not... I don't, I don't know what his 40 time is going to be, but it would not surprise me if it was really fast. Um, but I, I really I really like him. He tore the he tore the doors off of Ole Miss in the Outback Bowl. I think he had like 18 receptions or something like that. I think he's, he's a spark plug that the Browns might be looking at. Is that is that do you think that the Browns are gonna steer away from that and they're look, gonna look for more a guy that's maybe got better size, or is that you think that guy's in play? I don't think so. I think I think they they want size but i don't think they're going to write somebody off because he's not 63 right i right. think just if you can score if you can get open you're going to be under consideration and i haven't finished up on Fillier yet but like i know the buckeye ohio state buckeyes defense was not good this year but if you can if you can dominate ohio state the way he did you can play and yeah. so i definitely think he could be a fit for this team um just like you said, a, sp- a spark plug, you know, kind of like, you know, dynamo type player that you can even get involved uh, as a gadget type, you know, in, in the slot game, screen game, jet sweep, stuff like that. I think you could definitely make an impact with the guy like him. Yeah, because the Browns do like to run a little bit of a gadgety offense every now and again. They, and Jarvis Landry is typically that guy. And again, I love Jarvis Landry. I know that. Sam, I've seen your tweets. I know you're not the, his biggest fan. I do love Jarvis Landry, but that's not his role. He should not be the gadget guy. Right. So I, I wouldn't surprise me if they tried to get a guy that could better fit that role. Yeah, um, they, they had uh, they had JoJo Natson doing that early in the year before he tore his ACL. Like if if yeah, that's if that's what you have to resort to in order to try to get some speed and some misdirection on your offense, then you need to you need to add a guy like that in the draft. Agreed. Agreed. Another guy that I saw uh, with I think Mike Fulton in the second round is Rashad Bateman, wide receiver out of Minnesota. This is a guy that does not have the speed, uh, but he does have the size, 6'2", 210. This is also a guy that, you know, again, does not have the speed, but he was a crisp route runner um, and definitely won deep quite often during his time at Minnesota. Um, do you think he's in play? Would that be someone yep. you'd like in the Browns uniform? I a lot. Um, I don't know that I would take him in the first round, but in the second, if he were second. to be there, I'd I definitely consider him, even if Wallace is there too. Um, he's honestly, I probably like him more relative to where he's going to go than somebody like Jamar Chase. Really? And yes. I I'm not a not a massive Chase fan for whatever reason. I just I don't I don't know. We'll we'll see how he does. I I'm rooting for him, but mm-hmm. I don't I don't see necessarily the translatable skill set from college to the NFL where he's going to be able to win consistently. The ball brother. skills, the ball skills are really good. That's I a little bit of a hot take, brother. I, it is a hot mm-hmm. take. Yeah. but <laughs> I'll stand by it. And if I'm wrong, I'm wrong. 
All right. Okay. But my third wide receiver uh, was, uh, I guess this is WAP Fillior on steroids, more or less, is Rondale Moore. You know, I'm seeing get mocked in the first round quite often, but not enough to where I think it's impossible for him to fall in the second round. This is a guy with some injury history, a guy who kind of walked that that tightrope of, am I going to play? Am I not going to play at Purdue? And that might rub some people the wrong way. I don't, he, he, he's kind of a catalyst, uh, very controversial figure in, in as far as mock drafts go. Uh, but a 5'9", 180, again, he, he's a, a what failure on steroids. You're a typical gadget player that's going to make an immediate impact on special teams at an elite level. Um, I don't think you're going to disagree with me on, on this one, but if, if he's there in the second round, Obviously, this is someone you just have to consider pulling the trigger, possibly even in the first round. Correct? Absolutely. I I I think he's great. Um, he's he's short, but he's not small, right? You know, he he can he can take a hit, um, and he's he's just such a dynamic player. You know, he's he's not just really fast. You know, he creates separation really well. He's super quick. Um, you know, he's he's got decent ball skills. He's he's pretty good uh, at the catch point. So. He's definitely that kind of plug-and-play touchdown maker that you, you just slot in as the slot receiver. You run jet sweeps to him. You get him the ball in space, screens, let him run across the field, and you benefit because yeah. even when he's not getting the ball, the defense still has to respect him. Absolutely. Donovan, do you have any receivers that come into your mind that maybe the Browns should be considering? You could see the Browns uniform? Oh, I like the Rondo Moore one if he falls <clears throat> Excuse me, to the second. Uh, Tyler Vaughn's, I, I would think, is just his hands and his route running. Um, you love Vaughn's. You love Vaughn's. I do, man. He's just been uh, productive, and he even took a back seat when he didn't really have to. He could have been one of those guys that easily transferred out, but I mean, because they had so much talent at wide receiver, they had four or five stars at wide receiver. Um, then Drake London, the emergence of him this year, and he still kind of stuck through it and you know played I and mean, get you know it was helped out Keaton a lot um, in that offense. But yeah, I like Vaughn's, like Rondo Moore. Uh, those two kind of come to mind. Um, yeah, Vaughn's is interesting. I yeah, he's. What a, I like him a lot. Uh, just being, I, yeah. Go ahead. I my eyes gravitated towards him when I was watching uh, St. Brown, and I, I thought I thought you know hey this this guy he seems pretty pretty good, and um, I don't know I think he's he's just the kind of player who gets drafted you know fourth round or later every year and just seemingly produces, right? There's all two guys who out, outplay that draft slot. And I think he's, he's the next guy. I think, like you said, his, his ball skills are just, you, you yeah. can't teach that. Right. No he, watching those, that guy for the past three years, man, or four actually has been, been great. And uh, yeah, I guess the other receivers would be Kadarius Tony, what I would mention, but I don't think the Browns really have a chance to draft him because he'll go either late first or early second. I don't really see him dropping all that far um, down to them in the second. You don't want to take him in the first, um, but you don't want you're not going to get him in the second either. So he's kind back of weird. To, back to Vonzo. Vonzo's a bigger guy too, right? Wasn't he listed as like six four? He's uh he's like six two and a half, like two <laughs> two two ten. He's pretty big. He's not six four. He's He's pretty big. Uh, I mean, because you know, you had Pittman there and Los St. Brown, Mara St. Brown, yeah. Drake London, him, uh, Drake came in, and not Drake, uh, Brute McCoy. So there was a lot of guys, man, to throw to. Yeah, like I said, but he kind of got he didn't really get lost in the sauce. His stats just went down because there's so many so much talent at receiver. Yeah, it's like, only you know ball, I mean? right? Yeah, like I mean, they, I mean, Graham Harrell used him still. It's just like yeah, there's only one ball. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's and a freshman quarterback like JT. Obviously, had him and JT had a really good connection. I think if JT was quarterback, it would have been better. But for him, but with Keaton, um, he kind of spread it around a little bit more. So, but yeah, Vaughn's is great, man, and he's he's faster than he looks. Like he's not just like some like you know four six guy, like high four five. No, I think he, he's like I think he's like a four four nine. Like he kind of he kind of reminds me a little bit of Auden Tate. Auden Tate was a guy at Florida State that didn't really get all the attention, and you you would watch him and you'd be like. Why aren't they giving him the ball more? Like, what? What's wrong with him? What's going on? And then he went. He's in Cincinnati. He's carving out a nice little niche. If you can yeah. get a guy like that in the fourth, fifth round, that's a win. Yes. Um, let's let's we'll talk about why we're, we're we're cutting it. I don't want to keep you here all night, so I'll ask you about one more one more of your mocks. We'll we'll go through one round three. Your round three. The Browns got two picks. The first pick you got him taking Rashad Weaver, the defensive end, um, out of Pittsburgh. I thought this was an interesting pick. When I watch Pittsburgh, my eyes don't gravitate towards Weaver. But I don't know what your situation was. 
I'm I'm kind of I'm guessing that Patrick Jones was off the board at this point. I believe he was. And let me let me defend this pick here. So in these mocks, you know, I, I like to take different players from from week to week just just to kind of you know familiarize myself. Yeah, exactly. Familiarize myself with more prospects. Let other people know about different ones. And Weaver was a guy I don't think I had taken before. So in this case, I believe Jones was gone. I think he went early second round, which that makes sense. Probably a bit high for my my taste with Jones. Jones is really interesting because you watch him. You know, you you put on his highlight reel, like, you're like, wow, this guy's like top five pick. You know, he's pretty good. At such, I mean, like his his athleticism and that frame, it's crazy. You know, his his jump off the snap is is insane. But he's he's still really really raw. Like even as a senior, I don't. Know, there's there's a lot of stuff. Like he he doesn't really string together pass rush moves. He doesn't have a bunch of counters. Um, he doesn't use his speed to power as nearly as much as I would like to see him do, because I think he's got the potential to be a dominant player the next over. Absolutely. But uh, he has to do it consistently enough for me right now for me to take him you know, in the first round, for example. Agreed. I, I completely agree with you 100%. This is not someone that would be on my first-round radar. In his defense to not point strings, stringing moves together, very rarely did he have to, though. That you know what I mean? True. He that dominated with one, one move quite often. It's like, it's like that. Yeah, so Weaver, Weaver is on the other side of him, and Weaver is—he doesn't have nearly the athleticism that Jones has, but he's a—he's a much more savvy player. He's really good technically, and you know he's just all around solid and consistent. He plays the run well, and he wins through technique. He wins through passers moves, and I think if the Browns didn't make a move for like a starting caliber edge in free agency, which I'm expecting them to, but if they didn't do that, then getting someone who, you know, is going to be at least, you know, pretty good opposite Garrett for right now in the third round, I think is, is pretty decent. And then you hope that Curtis Weaver uh, comes to camp with an NFL body and starts, you know, showing the talent and the, the, the elite bend and those pass moves. <clears throat> yeah. Cause that was, that was definitely the issue with Curtis Weaver. Yeah, because there's there's no bend there. He kind of just well his way in there. Yeah, yeah. With Weaver, it, it, I don't know. So, He's your typical Mountain West pass rusher. He he, yeah, was, like, he dominated with one move, and then it wasn't really an athletic move. Something, um, which, I mean, if you're, I think the Browns want like a Olivier Vernon two, next to Garrett. I think Vernon, the type of player that he is, is who they want. And I think he he's perfectly suited to play opposite Garrett, but obviously with the ace or the the Achilles injury now, dude, uh, Vernon was the shit though. Ver, Vernon was better than Garrett for I mean, pretty yeah. much the whole back end of the season. Vernon yep. was a legitimate and and COVID and everything. Yeah, he was he was in a legitimate edge number one. I mean, he was getting double teams and still couldn't be stopped. I'd like to see him back in the fold, but I totally get what you're saying. Where you know sometimes it doesn't work out that way. Um, a couple. What, what what are Weaver's measurements too? By the way, I don't. I, I didn't write them down. Is 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 he a big boy? He's like six five two fifty something like that. Six five two fifty. Um. So a couple guys I like. Uh, Peyton Turner, defensive end out of Houston, six six two eighty eight. He's a thick boy. You could yep. nickname him Arby's because he's got the meats. But uh, he had the largest wingspan at the Senior Bowl since 1999. And this is a guy who absolutely dominated Houston. when his Last year, in 2019, I had my eye on him. And on the opposite end was – oh, my God. I can't believe I didn't write it down. The the defensive end – Donovan, dude, it's the, the, the guy transferred to McNeese State. He's playing this this, mm. this spring. Um Whatever the guy he was playing the opposite of was was very good, so he wasn't taking double teams every play. So I was thinking, oh, it was Isaiah Chambers. Isaiah Chambers is the guy that transferred sure. to make me sick. So he wasn't getting double teamed every play. wasn't getting double teamed very often at all. Um, but this year he was. Isaiah Chambers was gone, and, and a lot of a lot of focus was on Turner, and he was still a terror. So I, I'm I'm a big fan of him. Um, what 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 do you view of uh, Patrick Turner or Peyton Turner? I'm sorry. Yeah, I mean that that wingspan will turn heads, right? Uh, no kidding. He, he was very good this past year. I think he's definitely a, a realistic option for the Browns because of the, the size that he brings. 
And I think you could even play him inside at, at three tech if you wanted. Well, he played inside. I don't. Uh, I don't think he played inside at all this year. But he he the last the, the, previously he did play inside. They sprinkled him in, inside. And, and yeah, I think you could do play both. I think he'd, he'd probably be drafted as an edge, but yeah, inside on 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 pass rush downs. So he's the kind of you know base end prototype from a physical standpoint that I think the Browns really want to have opposite of of Miles, and you know with with his his length and his size and his, his athleticism, I think he's definitely a player that they would they would like to add opposite of Garrett and one that I would be interested in personally. For sure. That might be a guy that, due to the senior bowl, kind of outshines is where I currently have him slated. Um, another guy that I, that I really like, Bill mentioned him last night, was Patrick Johnson, defensive out of Tulane. This was a guy I was really excited to see play uh, in the bowl, but his father passed away, so he obviously missed the bowl. Um, doesn't have great size, 6'3", 250 is what they had him listed as. So, you know, we're, he's going to be lucky to hit those numbers. But this is a guy that was an absolute tear off the edge. Um, very capable pass rusher that I think that they can get. This might be like a late round guy that could come in and contribute. Um, you know, we're seeing guys like Port Augustine play. There's no reason to think that, a, you know, the Browns are playing guys that aren't, don't have a high pedigree of draft stock on the edge anyways. And Patrick Johnson has some potential. Um, is this somebody you're familiar with? Have you taken a peek at yet? Yeah, I think I've taken him in a, in a few drafts here. Oh, um, really? Over the past few months. Yeah. Very, very productive. Yes. And obviously, that's one of the, the pillars that you use uh, when evaluating a player. And, you know, even, even if he's on the smaller side, I mean, so is Vernon technically, right? So I think it, it's more <laughs> how, how well you can hold up against the run in that smaller frame. And I think um, I think he does a pretty good job of it in addition to, to his pass rushing ability. So if they really want to replace Vernon with a, a Vernon type player. And I think they do. Uh, then, then Johnson is somebody that I think they would definitely target on day three, even if they've already taken an edge uh, earlier. Yeah. Yeah. I, I would agree with that. Even this is a guy that if he does slide down that far, you take a peek at him, no matter what your plans were um, because he is, he was very productive. I guess I, I did overreact on the size part. Part two fifty is not exactly small. Um, but yeah, I, I agree with that. Donovan, uh, are, are there any uh, edge players that come to mind that the Brown might look good in a Browns uniform? Yeah, you name one of them, uh, Peyton Turner. That was kind of one I had, or one I've been looking at, just because I saw the uh, Ormley today. Um, but Jalen Phillips out of Miami uh, would be one, and then yeah. uh, Malik Herring, kind of in the day three from Georgia. Um, he he's on the shorter side, doesn't have like really long arms or anything, um, but just his potential um is kind of really good to me uh Jalen Phillips always has concussion injuries um he has productivity and if you watch his tape like he got there um he's just you know he, he had eight sacks so people are like oh he didn't get a lot of sacks he had eight um he could have had like yeah. 15 really like <laughs> I know Eric like kind of put out a lot of stuff on him and like he was there all the time very disruptive yeah. and Malik is kind of a, like I said day three fifth round type of guy from Georgia, but he's got good take too. Um, he can kind of do multiple things for you, but he's not, like I said, he's only 6'3". Um, doesn't have really long arms. Probably one of the shorter armed guys at the position this year. And then he's, he's 262, but he's kind of, you know, a project type of guy. But I like both. Um, Phillips is, is a really interesting guy because he's another one of those polarizing mock draft prospects because you've seen him go in the first. I mean, shit, I've seen mock drafts where he's going number 10, and then I see mock drafts where he's not in the first round at all. And I think you nailed it on the head when you said a lot of it's the injury issue. I mean, you know, that's one of the reasons why he transferred out. He just, he, he got a little bit of a bad, he got a little bit of baggage. Um, I, I, I don't a know. A bit. Yeah, I don't, I don't know if he fits the, the, I don't know if this new regime does the baggage like that um you know a safety that i had written down for our next conversation was james wiggins at cincinnati who's got a very similar now concussions are, are more serious because you get well he gets one more he's done uh but james wiggins is, he's had a couple serious season-ending injuries uh, and that's another guy that i was like i when i wrote down his name i was thinking man i don't know if the browns are going to do that anymore that's more of a john dorsey thing and i'm not against it or for it but i, I don't know sam what, what are your views on on drafting guys with a little bit of a, a long history of injuries like Phillips. Yeah. I mean, I, 
for Phillips uh, in particular, I mean, he's he's a fantastic player. Like, if he doesn't have the injury history, he's probably, for me at least, edge one in this class. He's just wow. He's 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 fantastic. Even with Greg Gregory Rousseau on the other side, I like I I like Phillips more than I like Rousseau. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, the it's it's just a shame that he has all those concussions because, like you said, one more concussion and he's done for good, right? Yeah, and he had two shoulder surgeries. Two. Yeah, uh, he had a separated shoulder, and then he had one shoulder yeah. shoulder surgery. Oh, so I, it's only, it's only one. It's only two shoulder shoulder injuries. One 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 surgery. Got yeah. it. He's definitely got uh, had some work done, um, and it's it's a shame because of how how good of a player he is. And you know, other guys like Marvin Wilson, another great player who hasn't finished a season ever in in college. Yeah, that's you know, right. These are some really excellent players who, if they're healthy, they're they're difference makers. But the risk there is is very high. So, um, like you said, I don't I don't know that this regime is is going to be on board with taking an injury risk unless they were to fall significantly past, uh, you know, where those guys are projected to be. Like if you could find Phillips in the third round, yes, you do that because one, you have an extra third. Two. Right. He's an instant starter, instant, you know, good starter. And then if you have, you know, guys like Wilson on, on day three at some point, you know, fifth round, then then you take that chance because the those fifth, sixth, seventh round players on a, on a you know, a legitimate playoff Super Bowl contender, hopefully, those guys are going to have a really tough uphill battle to making the roster. So if you can get someone who's, significantly more talented than any anyone else you're going to find at that point in the draft even with an injury history that you could definitely consider it yeah it's de- it's definitely interesting we'll, we'll have to because marvin wilson's a, is, a, is a good one too i don't think his injury history is as extensive his is more of a, my understanding is that a lot of his is work ethic related um which i don't think that the browns mind as much i mean jordan elliott kind of went through the same thing um, you know, when he originally transferred from Texas. With that said, he finished his he, he finished his career strong at Missouri, and yeah. Marvin Wilson did not. So there's there, there's a lot of variables. I'm just not sure about this regime, but I would think Marvin Wilson falling would be worth the risk more so than a guy like Phillips, based off of the two the two different red flags. If that makes sense, I think. And if we're going just based off of the injury history, Wilson is the one I would feel more comfortable taking the risk on. Yeah. Phillips, because if Wilson suffers, I don't know, a shoulder or a, a knee injury, he's not retiring. Like he's not being yes. retired. You know, he'll he'll be back in some capacity. But Phillips, like, you know, for his his own safety, you know, one more. And obviously, with concussions, the more you get, the easier it is to get another one. So it's, you know, one hit. It could even be, you know, first practice, right? And he could be done without even ever taking a snap. And that's why I, I can't see him going in the first round. I can't see any team going to take that much of a chance. Right. Um, it's a shame because, because of how talented he is. Yeah, that it's it's pretty wild. You know, I've had three concussions. I've had quite a bit of concussions. Oh, you're one you're one away from retiring, aren't you? Yeah, I got retire, retire before it happened, you know. Yeah. Make decisions based on your life. That's right. I I, I decided to quit football. No one told me I sucked. But uh, <laughs> all right, we're, we've uh, we've hit over an hour, so let's do our closing remarks. I I can sit here and talk about your mock draft and, and NFL draft prospects all day, Sam. We'll have to have you back on before the draft. Um, I really appreciate your takes, and hopefully by the time that rolls around, I'll have a stronger big board and a stronger idea, so we can really talk talk shop and maybe do a mock draft. Donovan does. Mock drafts constantly on his podcast, and I think we're going to start to incorporate on this podcast too. So hopefully we can get you involved with that. But before we we go, Donovan and I are avid gamblers, um, and the spread for the Kansas City Chiefs Tampa Bay Buccaneers Super Bowl is the Kansas City Chiefs are favored by three and a half. Sam, who are you taking? Oh man, um, at that line, I'll take Kansas City. Whoa, you think they're going to win by more than three and a half? I don't think wow. that defense can stop the Chiefs. Donovan, what do you think? Um, I think Kansas City is going to win, but that's a lot by, of by by three. 
Yeah, too many points. It's going to be it's really lot. close. Yeah, it's a lot. We now see Don and I are going to be breaking this down in depth next week, along with our top three pop, prop mm-hmm. bets. So we'll, we'll we'll go more more in depth there later. But Sam, is there anything else you want to say before we close this out? You want to tell everybody what you're what you're up to or what your next article coming down the pipe is? Uh, I'm sure it'll be something draft related. Uh, so specific we'll have to find out, right? Yeah. <laughs> All <laughs> yeah. right. Okay. Yeah. Dog Pound Daily and with the first pick, or you can find my my football stuff at Sam underscore Penix on Twitter. Um, and that's about it. Thanks, uh, thanks for having me, guys. I had a blast. Yeah, it was a blast having you on. Like I said, we'll have to have you on again before the draft. Uh, uh, Corey Kinnan writes with you on uh, with the first pick too, right? Yes, sir. And he's he's been uh, he's been doing a bunch of great stuff uh, covering the Senior Bowl over these past few week days. So. Yeah, yeah. So is he is he actually down there, or is he just watching it from his home, like? He's got remote credentials, so he's he's getting the film and uh, and posting oh, it for us too. Enjoy. Very cool, very cool. Yeah, maybe we'll have we'll have to have maybe we'll have like a Browns mock draft pod where we have everybody on and we all kind of give our takes. That might be interesting. Um, but yeah, this is Josh Keatley. You can find me on Twitter at Josh Keatley sixteen. Please, please give us a like, review, listen. This is available on all your streaming sites and also now live on YouTube, uh, Twitter, Facebook. Check out our YouTube channel, um, Donovan. What you got going on? Where can they follow you? Where can they see that sweet, sweet stream of up in the mock draft? Yeah, well, three hour stream. Yeah, I know that'll be up uh, tomorrow. I have not had time to do it with work in the podcast today, so sorry, people. Did you have to edit that bad boy. I didn't have to. I haven't even sent it, dude. I've worked twelve hours and then came straight on the podcast. I've been worked like nine to nine and then came straight on here, so it'll be out um, tomorrow. Yeah, I'll send it to them and we'll get it situated and figured out. Just, but yeah, but uh, that'll be up. And uh, yeah, just follow me on Twitter at Don James Sports. Name remains the same. Thank you. Just beware, Sam. If Donovan ever invites you to mock draft, just you strap in, bro. You can be there for three hours, dude. Hey, that's he goes hard in the paint and uh, he allows trades too. <laughs> True. Love it. We spent what was the what was the Jordan Love trade last night? Um I don't have the he, Someone someone had Jordan, someone had the Packers and then the other person had the Jets. Yeah. And the Packers gave Jordan Love their first, second, third, and like a first round next year. No, it, it, it was like it was just, it was just Jordan Love and like one pick, I think. Was it? Oh, when, or I don't. Yeah, well, the, the Packers gave uh, Jordan Love the first round pick, and the Jets gave uh, two thirds and like a next year second or something. I don't know. Like I don't do it, man. Yeah. I don't do I trades. Don't, I don't. I don't have it in front of me. <laughs> I just sit tight. Just sit tight. But all right, this was the Browns Wire podcast. Thank you. We are out. All right, guys. <laughs>